0: Welcome to the Taney Love Church Podcast. Our desire is to gather, train, and send those who are called into the kingdom. We hope this message inspires, uplifts, and equips you to fulfill the call that God has placed in your life. Thanks again. God bless. guys say that say this after me say i am ready ready. let's try that again with some conviction say i am ready ready. to receive say i put a pull i put a demand on the holy spirit and i am ready ready. to receive we have been talking about the last couple weeks about diligence and faithfulness has anyone been enjoying that at all good i know that it's not exactly the the funnest thing to be talking about Um, because it requires action on our part, uh, which, um, I don't know if you need this or not, but just in case you do, um, something, something that we kind of have a rule around here is that if it's in the word. And it's within context we believe it, right? Because there's a lot of ideas that man has. There's lots of people with lots of letters behind them, na- their names that have gone into the history of the word and the history of the Bible, and they have understanding. And and it, but what but what I want is is the purity of what the word says. And so we've been talking about being faithful men and women. We've been talking about submitting to people that god puts us under we've been talking about being diligent with with things um that belong to others now i want to recap a little bit and then i want to move on and and uh i kind of felt pressure a little bit to try to get through this but i i think that was more me and does that make sense and and more just like what you're supposed to do but i I don't want to go anywhere until we kind of get this settled in my in our hearts is that okay all right, so I want to share uh, a little bit this morning. Do you guys, if you have a Bible, go ahead and turn to uh, Matthew chapter 25 with me this morning. We're going to read a little bit here. Uh, this is a, a parable that should be familiar to most of you. Matthew 25, and we're going to start. Yeah, we're going to stop. Start in verse 14. Uh, I'm reading from the ESV. Uh, Nancy will put it up here. If you guys have it, take your time. I, I'm not in any hurry. Is anyone in a hurry this morning? No? I, one person's not in a hurry. That's good. I'll just check and see if everyone's awake. Is everyone ready? So if you have it, say, I have it. Matthew 25, verse 14 says, For it will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted them with with his property. To one he gave five talents, to one... He gave, to another he gave two, to another he gave one. I, I'm, I'm going to speak in some, some modern vernacular here just for the sake uh, of, of this parable. So instead of the word talent, I'm going to say the word thousand. Okay, So it just makes more sense to us. Is that okay? Understand that I'm not taking anything from scripture. I'm not adding anything to it. This is a parable that Jesus is telling. He's, he's, a parable is a story. It's, it's, an, it's, it's a story that Jesus is using as an illustration. So I'm going to use the word thousand. So in our common vernacular, it makes sense to us, okay? To one he gave 5,000, to another he gave 2,000, to one, to the other he gave 1,000. To each according to his ability. How many of you know you have to have a little bit of ability to be able to do something? Sure. That's what the word says. He, the Lord said, he, the, the parable, Jesus said, he gave to each according to that person's skill and ability. Now, God is going to give you things, and if you don't think it's enough, think, man, I could do a lot more, you might think highly of yourself than the Lord thinks of you, okay? I'm not trying to pick on you. I'm not trying to kick you at all, but, but just understand that if something is coming from God, He has measured you accordingly, okay? He's, med- he's seen your ability. He's seen your talent. He's seen your giftings, and He knows what He put inside of you, and he's trying to get you from where you are to where you're going. Does that make sense? So he, he's going to give you access. He's going to give you giftings. He's going to give you responsibilities according to your current ability. And he's going to ask you to come up from there. Okay? Then he went away. He who had received the 5,000 went at once and traded with them. And he made 5,000 more. So also the one who had 2,000 made two thousand more implying that he did the same thing they took their money they invested it possibly they, they they did something with it to make the money multiply itself maybe they bought some property worked the property then sold it we're not really sure we just know that they were able to take the money that they had and they doubled it right but he who had received the one talent went and dug in the ground and hid his master's money now understand this is the guy that received the least amount So according to the the scripture before, that probably means he had the least amount of ability out of these three people, right? The first guy got five, the second guy got two, the last guy got one. So he kind of was already low man on the totem pole as far as ability is concerned, right? He had some ability, right, but not much. And so this was his opportunity to be faithful with what he was given from the Lord. The first two guys were faithful. They began to work the money use it maybe maybe they bought a used car fixed it up and sold it uh-huh. right maybe they took it and bought a piece of property put a put a barn on it and sold it they they took the money they had they invested it properly they worked something to where they doubled the money that they had the third guy was lazy i guess now that's not the excuse he gives but the action shows it right right all right where was i at was that verse seven 18 uh, yeah so verse 19, now after a long time, the master of those servants came and settled accounts with them. And the one who had received the 5,000 came forward, bringing 5,000 more, saying, Master, you delivered to me 5,000. Here, I have made you 5,000 more. And his master said to him, Well done, good, and what? Faithful. Pay attention to that. Good. Th- he's calling him faithful understand that these words aren't in there because he couldn't think of something else to say. You understand? Like, he's, he's being very purposeful with the words he's using to describe his servant. He said, well done. He used two words to describe him. What were they? Good and faithful. Okay? Those are two descriptive terms that Jesus is using to describe the servant who is faithful. Okay? Pay attention to that. You have been faithful over little, there it is again, I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. Enter into the joy of your master. This the master said you have been fa- good well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over little, now be faithful into much. Enter into the thing that brings me joy. Understand the master wants the servant to be promoted. The master desires the servants to be faithful so he can give them more to be faithful over. He said, he didn't say enter into your joy. He said, enter into my joy. The master desires the servant to be faithful over much and it brings him joy. The Lord gets excited when you are successful in and through him it brings him joy when he can add more to you to be faithful over it's right here in the word all right don't let this be too simple for you verse 22 and he also who had the 2000 came forward saying master you delivered to me 2000 here i have made you 2000 more his master said to him well done good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master or enter into my joy. We have two accounts of this. They both were faithful and the master gave them more to be faithful over and it brought the master great joy to see them operating at a higher level than where they were when he first gave them something to be responsible over. Promotion comes from the Lord, we know that from Scripture, and we have an example of it right here. The Master is promoting these two men, or these two people, because of their good and their faithfulness. That's the only reason that promotion came. It doesn't even say what they did with the talents. They had something appointed to them, they were able to increase that thing through faithfulness and diligence, and the Master said, well done, good and faithful servant. Here's way more than what you had before, and it brings me great joy to put you in that position. I'm paraphrasing, but that's what the scripture is saying. Do we all agree on that? Okay. Um, Where was I at? 23? His master's... Oh, nope. That's past. Uh, 24. Excuse me. Verse 24, he also he also, who had received the one talent came forward saying, Master, I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you did not sow, gathering where you scattered no seed, so I was afraid, and I went and hid your talent in the ground. Here you have what is yours. So he gave him the one talent more. But his master answered him. First of all, I want to, I want to pause here real quick. He, who is this guy blaming for his inability to do anything? He's, he's casting blame. Really, he's saying, you probably should never have given this to me in the first place. Honestly. And this doesn't sound like a reasoned excuse for anything. Because what happened, this is the third guy in line. He saw the 5,000 guy double his money. He saw the two. Now, I'm I'm assuming these guys probably weren't hanging out with each other this whole time. They probably went their separate ways, right? And he thought to himself when he first got the talent, he's like, well, I don't want to lose money, so I'm just going to hide it. I, I'm afraid that I'm going to mess this up. So instead of, instead of doing anything with it, I'll at least be able to give him back what he gave me. So I'm just going to hide it and go about my business. And now they're all back together. The master's calling them together for everyone to give an account. And he sees 5,000 guy turned to 10,000 guy and 2,000 guy turned to 4,000 guy. And he's thinking, oh, dang, <laughs> uh, this looks bad on me. What do I do? I, I know, I'll make an excuse. I'll lie. I'll, I'll come up with something. And he said, really, master, you're, I was, you're, you're super scary. You know, you, you like, you get things done. And I didn't, you know, I was afraid of you. So here, here's the thing you gave me. I kept, I kept track of it for you. It's, I didn't lose it. You can have it back now. And this is how the master replied. He said, you wicked and slothful or lazy servant. You knew, he's even saying, he's throwing an excuse back at him. He said, if you knew that I reap where I did not sow, gather where I did not scatter, uh, no seed, then you ought to have at least invested the money at the bank. And at my coming, I should have received what was my own in interest. What he's saying is you can put it in a savings account, and it's going to accue 2.4% over the course of however many years. I'd at least have $1,240 now. You understand? He's saying you, you did less than the least amount. It's not that hard to open up a bank account especially with a thousand bucks, right? He said, you did less than the minimum. Yeah. You, you, that's why he says, you wicked. And the other two guys he described as good and faithful, he's describing this man as what? <laughs> wicked and lazy. You're wicked and you're lazy. He said, <laughs> you should have at least taken to the bank so I could receive what was mine in interest. So take the talent from him and give it to the one that has the 10. Why? Why would he do that? People think, well, that's not fair, and that's rude. Nancy, is life fair? We had a conversation about that last week. Something her her pastor used to tell her all the time. is life's not fair, Nancy. You would say it's not fair for the man that has one to have the one taken away and give it to the guy that has 10. Actually, we have a lot of politics that are talking this way. It's not, fair to give, it's not fair to take from the one that doesn't have anything and give it to the one who has much, right? I'm done talking about politics. Put that aside, okay? But why did God do this? Because it's the faithfulness that matters. He understands. Now, I want you to think of this in terms of not money for a minute. Think of it in terms of, of anointing or giftings, uh, business acumen, understanding how to build, work with your hands. Produce, play music, teach, help, run a business, manage. If you have any skill in your life, Mike is a, a phenomenal electrician. One of the best I've ever seen. Mike, Mike has done training in classes for that. He's worked under people. But his ability to understand circuitry comes from God. That's what I'm trying to say. Rob is a phenomenal construction worker. If you need a job done, you should hire Rob. He's really, really good. But Rob's ability to do that is, yes, he's worked with people who have taught him, but God gave him the ability and understanding of how to do it. Does that make sense? If you have skill and ability in this world, it did not come from you. Well, Micah, I went to school. Right. How did you get the brain and ability to understand the schooling that you got? It came from God. It's a measure according to your ability. Does that make sense? If you have an anointing on your life to teach, to preach, to help, to love, to encourage, it's, it's a measure appointed unto you by the Father. If anything good has ever come out of your life, you should not be looking at yourself. You should be looking at the Master because He's the one that brought it and gave it to you. Does that make sense? So, so don't think of this in terms of money now. Think of this in terms of equipping, of anointing, of purpose, of, of ability. So what did he say to the guy that had the 5,000? He said, ha, 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 enter into more. And what about the guy that was not faithful with his ability, with his talent? He said, take it from him and give it to the guy that has 10 because the guy that has 10 understands how to be faithful, understands diligence, understands, understands the, the weight Of the call and understands how to be diligent and faithful to it knowing that it did not come from him knowing that it he's not the reason why he has that ability knowing that it only came from the Father so the man who had one who was called wicked and lazy he said verse 28 says so take the talent from him and give it to him who has 10 for to everyone who who has will more be given and to he who will, uh, excuse me, and to he, oh man, will more will be given and he will have an abundance, but from the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away and cast the worthless servant into the outer darkness in that place where there is weeping and gnashing of teeth. People quote this scripture all the time and say, this is why you shouldn't be a Christian because it's not fair. This last part. Never mind, first off, this isn't a real thing that happened. This is a story that Jesus is telling to make an illustration. Okay, it's a parable. Okay, and they read the last two verses of a parable that's 30 verses long. And they say, look, the Bible says, for everyone who has more, more will be given, and he will have abundance, but the one who has not, it will be taken away. Well, that, this, is, this is why Christians are crazy, right? First off, that's why I said if it's in the Word and it's in context... Okay, meaning what does it mean in the context of the verse? What he's saying, he's talking about, get get your head off the amount of money. He's talking about faithfulness and diligence to what the Lord has appointed unto you. I want you to say this. Say, I have a measure of ability. You absolutely do because God has appointed unto you. You can't not have it. Does that make sense? You can't not have a call. You can't not have a portion because God God has appointed unto all, okay? He has positioned everyone to be in a specific place, in a specific time, for a specific purpose. And he wants it to increase. He wants you to have more. If you're skilled with business, he wants your business to grow. If you're skilled in teaching, he wants you to teach more. If you're skilled in building and construction and being an electrician, he wants that to increase. He wants you to, 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 to pass that on to others. If you're skilled in ministry or love or helping or whatever, he want, he desires those things to increase in your life. He does. Well, Micah, why aren't I seeing this in my life? Why am I not seeing... that? If you're telling me that God wants me to increase, why am I not seeing It, it has everything to do... With faithfulness, everything. I said this last week. Ever walk into someone's home and they have a sign that says, you know, live, laugh, love? Uh-huh. I said, we should all get signs that say, submit, be faithful, and obey. Now, that doesn't sound nearly as good as live, laugh, love, but it's far more impactful. Because if you can be faithful, you can be diligent, and you can submit, and you can obey. Uh, to The people that God has called you to, he can take what little you have and have been faithful with, and he can increase it. What's, what's awesome about this is these guys just doubled what they had. That's all that they did. They just doubled it. He didn't just give, he gave them so much more than that. He actually says, if you can be faithful with little, I can give you, I can make you faithful over much. God, God doesn't, his math is different than ours. It's not a one-to-one thing for him. It's not a one times one. It's not a one times two thing. He said, okay, he's faithful with, you know, $1,000. Here's $4 billion. I feel like I lost someone there. Uh, what I'm saying is if you can be faithful with little, you can be faithful with much. He does not care how much it is, how, how much equipment, how many businesses, how much money. It, it does not matter to him. And he's absolutely okay with you having things and having good things, if you are faithful to and with them, how is it that he he he, he wishes that he wishes that all of us would prosper and be in health? Is that scripture? Yes, Am I talking word? Yes. He he says, "I wish that you would all prosper and be in health." How is it possible that the whole world could prosper and be in health? I mean, someone's going to have to be given some stuff away. Someone's going to have to be laying hands on some people. Someone's going to have to be encouraging. Now, you might sit there and go, well, that's the pastor's job. Wrong again. That's not my job. I have a part of that. But in the position of being a pastor, I'm called to a certain subset of people to share and impart. And then they're supposed to go out and do. I'm a part of that. When I'm out and about, I go out and do. But how is it that the whole world should prosper and be in health? We would need to have excess of ability, of job openings, of talents. We would need to have, have something to be faithful over so that we could impart. Look at, we, we, uh, was it last week we did Joseph? Was that last week? No, that was two weeks ago. We, we talked about the story of Joseph, right? Right. really, really quick synopsis, right? His brother didn't like him because he had a call in his life and he said this dream where they're all gonna bow down to him. They were gonna kill him. Then brother was like, no, don't kill him. So they threw him in a pit sold him into slavery. He went into Egypt. He was a master over this guy's house, over his property. His wife got a little bit frisky with him. He said no. They sent him to prison because she lied. He was in prison for several years. He interpreted some dreams. One guy died. One guy was promoted. Then the king had some dreams, and no one could figure out the dreams. He was like, hey, I know this dude in jail. I forgot about him. He's awesome. He can interpret dreams. So he came before Pharaoh. He interpreted the dreams, and then Pharaoh put him over all of Egypt. I just like encapsulated seven chapters real quick. If you don't believe me, go back. It's a, you can go read it, okay? he put joseph he said you were the pharaoh said you were like me in every way except for the name he's like the vice pharaoh right thank you for that the vi- he's 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 pharaoh said you're like me you'll ride in my chariot Here, here's my ring my insignia here's the, the the fancy stick staff thing whatever it's called he said you are like me in every way and joseph was put in a position to help his family Decades after. Because fa- remember, his family was in, there was a famine in the land, and his family needed food, and Joseph was put in a position to literally save the lineage of his family. So J- Joseph had to be able to be over some things, and he had to prove that he was faithful. Everywhere that Joseph went, he was faithful. When he was put into Potiphar's house, he was faithful. It literally said if Joseph was over something, Potiphar never checked up on him because he knew that it would be done. When, when Potiphar's wife kind of came on to Joseph, it was when he entered into the house. How did she know when he was going to be there? Because he was probably there the same time every day because he was faithful. When he was put into prison, the, 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 the chief over the prison put him over a whole wing of the prison. He put him in charge of all the other prisoners. And, and the Bible says that if Joseph was over it, he didn't, even, he didn't even double check it. He didn't even look up check in on him because he understood that Joseph was faithful. Same thing happened with Pharaoh. A- after Joseph interpreted Pharaoh's dreams, Joseph, Pharaoh goes, what should we do? And Joseph said, you need to put someone faithful over it. And here's exactly what you need to do. And Pharaoh goes, how can we find anyone like that in the land? And I don't know that Joseph, but I want to imagine Joseph was like, I mean, (laughs) that didn't happen. But that's how I like to think about it. Pharaoh put Joseph in position because Joseph had proved himself to be faithful in every other way. And Joseph was put in a position to share and impart health, wealth, and prosperity to 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 thousands upon thousands of people, including his family. We are supposed to be over things. Sometimes that's just your finances. Sometimes it's a small business. Maybe you're in charge of a whole Taco Bell. Maybe you're in charge of a whole Taco Bell franchise. But promotion comes from the Lord. And promotion comes on the backside of diligence and faithfulness. And understand, God's type of promotion is different than the world's type of promotion. The, God can promote you, but the world thinks you've been demoted. I said God can promote you, but the world thinks you've been demoted. Meaning, you went from managing and being in charge of a company to working in a warehouse. Just giving a personal example. Okay? Because when I was in the warehouse, I had access to people I did not have when I was managing and running a company. Uh-huh. But I was able to impart on more people in the warehouse than I was managing and running the company. Uh-huh. That's a promotion because there are more people underneath my care. Does that make sense? Yeah. Promotion from the Lord sometimes can look different yeah. than promotion from the world. Sure. They can look exactly the same sometimes as well. As, as well. But, but understand, Ben said this earlier. It's a heart thing, and it's a people thing. Ministry, life, your call, always, always about people. It's never not about it. It's never not about people. It's always about people's souls. It's about people's growth. It's about their lives. It's, it's always been that way, and it will always be that way. It's never about how much money you can make. It's never about how many things you have. Again, like I said, God is perfectly acceptable. He's perfect, he, he per, it's perfectly acceptable for you to have things and have many much things because, in fact, if you can be faithful with little, you can be faithful with much. So when you have many much things, when he asks you for them, you can faithfully give. How do I know that? We have an example of that. It's, his name is Abraham. God formed a covenant with Abraham. Do you know Why? Because Abraham was faithful. I don't know that Abraham was the first person that God tried to have a covenant with. I don't know whether he did or whether he. You, I can't prove that it's true, but you can't prove that it's not true. We don't know. But what we do know is he's the first man that God found to be faithful. And so we formed a covenant with him. And forming a covenant, God said, Here's all that I am and all that I have, it's now yours. And Abraham said, here's all that I have and all that I am, and it's yours. So when God asked Abraham for his son, what did Abraham do? He got up the next morning early and took his son. And I'm paraphrasing a pretty massive part of scripture. You should go back and read it yourself. But Abraham had an understanding of God's word, and God's words was that, you, that the descendants of your son will be as numerous as the stars. So he knew that his son was going to be okay. He didn't know how but he knew it was going to be okay. Abraham had many things. He was like literally the richest person in the world. But Abraham wasn't known for his wealth. What was he known for? His faithfulness. His diligence. He always did what God asked him to do. And the result of that was he had servants. He had Tents. Houses, you would say. He had land. He, okay, he had so many servants at one point in time that when his brother-in-law Lot was captured, he just, all of his servants went into the city, overtook it, and got back Lot. Now, it takes a few guys to do that, right? And I'm not, and these are like, these, these are, as far as I know, Abraham didn't have a a privately trained military. He had shepherds, people that ran his house, people that worked the field. They're strong men for sure. You can't plow ground and and be a weakling. But he didn't have to hire an army. He had enough people under his employ to go and rescue Lot. He 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 was literally like the richest single person in the world at that time. In the world. He, he was so wealthy, lot, lot hung around Abraham because Lot saw the blessing that was on Abraham's life and Lot learned a lot from Abraham. So, they had so much stuff between the two of them that their servants were fighting over grazing ground. Now, I don't know if you've ever farmed. I, I've ran about, the most I've ever ran is about 700 acres. That's a lot of land. And I never once was like upset with my neighbors because I didn't have enough grass for my cows. Okay? You would have to have a lot of cows and sheeps, sheeps, sheep-eye, sheep, sheeps, does that work? A lot of sheep. Um, you would have to have many of those things for you to start arguing with your neighbors, right? So that's what happened. A lot of servants were arguing with Abraham's servants, and Abraham didn't even say, I want this part of the land, you take that, because Abraham understood that his God was faithful to him. Abraham actually calls God faithful when they enter into their covenant, go back, it's Genesis 20-something, I can't remember which one. He says he, he recognized God's faithfulness. So Abraham said, Lot, pick whichever direction you want to go, and I'll go the opposite. And so Lot looked with his natural eyes and picked what looked to be the best land, because Abraham understood that his circumstances weren't dictated by the natural ability of the land. He understood that his circumstances were dictated by the righteousness of the Father. By God, God's always been faithful to him. He always will be faithful to him. So a lot went one way, Abraham went the other. And without a beat, Abraham continued to prosper and continued to go. God is okay with you having things. He's okay with you having good things. What are you doing with them? That's the question. Are you being faithful with what God has placed in your hands? Are you being faithful with the position that he's put you in? In this verse, he says, how can you be faithful with your own thing if you can't be faithful with another man's thing? This means if you're working for someone else, if if you've got a contract to work underneath someone, if you're working with or for someone else, you be faithful as if you're doing it unto the Lord because you are. You be faithful to it. Whatever position you're in, wherever you're called, whatever you're doing, be faithful with it. Be faithful. Because the, Lord, the Lord's the one who sees it. Does that make sense? This is... Uh, w- if you go to this church, if you profess Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, Christians, we should be known for our faithfulness and our diligence. People, people should go... Oh, does that guy profess Jesus? Hire him. You should hire him. It's going to be some of the best workers you've ever had. But unfortunately, that is not the case. I know a lot of people who hear that someone's a Christian, like, dude, don't, don't, don't do that. Don't hire that guy. They're going to be judgmental. They're going to, they're going to be mad at you for things. And they say one thing and they act another way. And that's not, that's because it's untru- that's because that's how people behave, unfortunately. But I, I believe we should change that. If you profess Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, that means that what's in this book you believe to be true and believe to be right. That means when we go and we work and we do things, we should be faithful. Mm -hmm. What you say, you do. And to to the best of your ability, till it hurts. You're faithful to it. We're men and women of our word. People want to work with and for us because of that. They understand that, we, that everything we touch works out well. It prospers due to our faithfulness and our diligence. That's what we should be known for. Because here, here's why. God wants you to be over much. It said so here. He said, you've been faithful with little, now be faithful with much, Enter into my joy. It brings him joy for us to be in a position to be faithful over much. That's what he wants. But we have to start with being faithful over little. That means right now, today, whatever you're over, whatever you're in charge of, whatever you have access to, be faithful with it. Well, Micah, all that is 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 my little little car and, and my little money. Be faithful with it. How do you be faithful with it? Lord, what would you have use of? Do you have use of the money that I have? Do you have use that a car, of the car that I have? How can I be faithful with what I have? I can promise you that if you ask the Lord how you can be faithful with what you have, he will give you a situation for you to be faithful with it. Yes. It's going to happen. That's Because that's who he is. Because he desires, you to, he desires us to come up from where we are, to increase to have access to more, to do more. Because when we have access to do more, meanings we can make a bigger impact for Him. Understand the motivation here. It's always about people. It's always about souls. It's always about the spirit behind thing. And we can get access to people and things and places with more. Mm-hmm. This year as a church, we were able to buy someone a, a vehicle. Okay, We bought her a car and a good car. She was without. She did not have one. And when, when the Lord told us to do it, And we did it, okay? She has no car payments, no car payments. She's able to move out of a situation that was not healthy for her or her son and be able to get a job because now she has a guard that can travel her there. Radically changed someone's life, radically. Accelerated her growth, accelerated her life dramatically because we were disobedient. God said, do it, we did it. But what would happen if God, God said, buy a car, but we can't even pay our rent? How would we do that? Money does not matter to God. Mm -hmm. He does not want us poor. I realize that I'm, I'm, I don't know how much time I have. I realize I'm kind of going to this thing, but it it needs to be said. We're not supposed to be poor and weak Christians. It's not not in the scripture. If you think it is, please show me within context. I'm, I'm willing to be wrong. And I understand why people say it because everyone gets hung up on money but it's so funny to me that christians are the only group of people that we've convinced ourselves it's okay to be poor the rest of the world wants to be rich but we convince ourselves we're supposed to be poor but then work ourselves to the bone trying to be the opposite of right god's okay with us having things with having good things with having nice things, and with having lots of them. Because if you can be faithful with little, he, can, he then has dominion over all that we have. Yes. Meaning if he says, hey, you got that third car you're not using, why don't you give it to this person? They really need a car. Theirs just broke down. Yes, Lord, absolutely. Gives them the car. Hey, that, that second house you have in Branson, the one you used for a vacation home, this family just moved here, and they don't have a home. I want you to give it to them. Absolutely, Lord. Micah, that seems like a big deal to give a house away. Abraham sacrificed his son. He had the knife up. He was going to strike, and the angel Lord said, stop. Abraham was fully committed into doing it because he understood God's faithfulness, and God understood Abraham's faithfulness. This is how we're supposed to be you do you, I, i'm serious i mean this i'm i'm almost getting ready to think about starting closing but i but i i mean this would you like to be able to give someone the freedom of having their own vehicle if they have none yes. like if i gave you a car and said this is your car to give to whomever the lord leads would that excite you yes. wouldn't it be cool to be able to radically what about what about paying off someone's house yeah. what about paying off their college debt would that be awesome To be able to, what about, and if you can't, if that doesn't sound good, just think about your family. Think about the struggles that they've had with finances. Would you like to be able to instigate the change in their lives by the Lord telling you to do it? It's absolutely okay. It's a good thing. But it comes on the tail end of being faithful. You have to be faithful with little so that you can be faithful with much. How do I be faithful with little? Just like I said, Lord, here's what I have here's what I have dominion over. 23 bucks in my checking account, 4,000 in my saving, a Geo Metro car, and a condo. What would you have me do? And see what he says. The God account thing, that's something we've done for a lot of years. That's a good way to start. 10% goes in there, throw some of your own money on top of it. 10 percent's God, throw another 2% from you. Say, okay, Lord, here's the God account. Whatever you want me to do with it, do with it. As a church, we do this. When money comes into this church, we take 10, actually, I think we do like 11 or 12%, comes off the top and it goes into the church's God account. So when God leads us, to bless, like we, we blessed the ministry up in Ohio. We, I flew up there a few weeks ago. to set them up for their revival meetings. I ran, I took care of all their sound. They got blessed from stuff. We bought about a thousand dollars worth of equipment for them to get them up. And now they're able to stream their services. And while they were there, someone with cerebral palsy got healed. Okay. Someone with demonic oppression got completely set free. And we have a part of that because we have ability. Does that make sense? This is what I'm trying to point out to you is that God desires us to make change and impact in the world that we have. But it it takes things to do that. It takes them. Stop being afraid of money. Stop stop worrying about money. Just focus on being faithful what you have so you can have more so we can do more. That's, God has a call and a plan and a purpose for your life and you're not too old and you're not too young to start. He has it for you. It's simple, but you ha- it comes on the tail end of being faithful and being diligent. Lord, here's all that I have. I give you access to all of it, but be willing for when he asks for Isaac to give it. Don't, don't just make it ceremonial words. Purpose in your heart. Be purposeful. Maybe you just paid off that nice new truck. Maybe you worked extra hours, 80 hours a week for three years and you just paid off that truck. And the Lord says, I want you to give that truck away. See, it's really easy when it's the beater in the backyard. I can give that away, no problem. Actually, it'd be nice because I can mow easier now if I get that out of there. It's really easy to do that. But you have to be willing to give what he asks when he asks him. Because if you can be faithful with little, you can be faithful with much. There's nothing more valuable in this world than promotion from the Father. No amount of houses, no amount of cars, no amount of monies, no amount of accolades, no amount of promotions. There's nothing more valuable to, that we have access to than the Lord telling you specifically, well done, my good and faithful servant. I remember the first, I'll say this and I'll close. I remember the first time my father told me he was proud of me. Now I understand... Pride goes before the fall, but just my dad has the light that he had at that point, okay? I remember the first time he told me that, it was when, and it was, he told me he was pleased with me when I was a boy, but it was after I was an adult, and I got married to my wife, and we were, I mean, living less paycheck to paycheck, but we were just doing whatever we could possibly do. I've shared that story with you guys. And I remember dad and I having a conversation for, I don't remember, about finances or something. And and I remember my my dad looked at me and said, you know, we'd started doing stuff at the church. He said, you know, son, I'm, I'm really proud of you and the man that you've become. And of course, I cried like a giant baby. But that was the most important thing that my dad on earth has ever told me. That is the equivalent to the Lord saying, well done good and faithful servant. That's what I want to hear from the Lord more than anything else. I want him to look at me and say, I approve of what you've done. You've been good and you've been faithful. Enter into my joy. That's that's what's going to happen during judgment day. When this world passes away, and Jesus returns and we go to heaven and we sit at the judgment seat. I want the Lord to say, well done, good and faithful servant enter into my joy, come into heaven, come into peace. Because this portion of life will be the smallest portion of our existence. It'll be a vapor, it'll be a blip. But while I'm here, I am, I am set on being faithful with what God has put in my hands. From this ministry, to my wife, to my kids, to, to wherever I work, whoever I come in contact with, I desire, and I don't always make it. I don't always do the right thing. But that's where God's grace and mercy comes in. Can you be faithful with what you have? That's, an answer, that's a question you're going to have to answer for yourself. But if you can be faithful with little, God will make you faithful over much. Hey, thanks for listening to the Tanny Love Church podcast. For more information, visit us online at www.tannylovechurch.com and also check us out on social media on Instagram and Facebook at Tanny Love Church.